Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. Hello everybody, it is your host Han here from the Full of Beans podcast. Today I'm joined by Tony Rudd. Tony is a binge eating and food freedom dietitian who works with women who yo-yo diet to stop binging, to eat without restriction and to find food freedom. This week's episode we talk all about diet culture. We talk about yo-yo dieting, the impact of dieting and how you can find freedom from diet culture. Tony reflects on her personal experience here and also how she works with her clients to help them find a life free of dieting. I just want to note that today's podcast does talk about dieting and restriction and so if that's not something that you feel you can listen to today, be gentle with yourself, you can always come back to this episode. Thank you so much for joining us again and I really hope that you enjoy it. It's so lovely to have you. I feel like we have spoken so much on Instagram and I f- like love all of your posts. And I'm like, it's so nice to put, I knew what you looked like, but like a voice to your face, to your personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same to you. I, I love full of beans. So um, yeah, it's really <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, I'm very excited that full of beans has made it to Peru. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether that's somewhere that I knew that we'd reached yet. So that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I definitely listened to it from here. So yeah, you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so Today we're going to be talking about dieting Um, and I guess just to preface that before we start we're not talking about diets as in the food that we eat we're talking about dieting as in diet culture and all the nonsense that comes along with it. So just to start with um, I'd really like to get to know you a bit more so how did you get into the work that you're currently doing and what is the work that you're doing? Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian and I work in the non-diet kind of space, uh, mainly with women, like you said, who yo-yo diet um, and binge eat or emotional eating. And how I got here is, yeah, such an interesting question because it's something that I think I've only really recently been reflecting on myself. essentially I I grew up as a dancer in the dance world and when I was 18 uh, I went to a dance college and I experienced a really I had a negative experience basically Uh, teachers would tell us to um, look a certain way that we need to lose weight and that we our bodies and what we look like wasn't good enough Um, some of my friends unfortunately got put on really restricted diets and I kind of watched friends around me kind of break kind of their relationship with food like break down really um and that I I, I thankfully quit that kind of path I I remember saying to my mum they're trying to make me be something I'm not and it's not for me and um I, I I I ended up quitting and that's when I kind of started looking at what to do next and that's when I found dietetics and it really Mm. like I remember reading the university kind of information and I was like yeah that's that's what I want to do I with the intention of helping people with what we what we didn't know then is disordered eating 
I was surrounded mm. by it um, as a dancer, as you could have probably imagined. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. And then in my 20s, um, when I was training to be a dietitian and even early on in my career, um, I actually did have an unhealthy relationship with food myself. And I think that experience being a dancer, going to dance college really kind of brought that on as in my 20s. And I, I, I found my 20s with food and dieting really difficult to be honest and it's not really something I thought about at the time it's only something that I'm really realizing now um Mm. in the last few years yeah it's scary isn't it because I think particularly when you're in certain environments maybe like your dance school those sorts of behaviors are so normalized and in society nowadays it is so normal to be on a diet or you know cutting out certain food groups and that scares me that it is so normalized because I think often you don't stop to question is this something that I actually want to be doing or should be doing because well everybody else around me is doing it so almost it feels like you don't have an option sometimes yeah completely and people are often praised for Mm. um I don't know an example I can think of is you go for a meal with friends and kind of say oh I've not eaten all day like this is my first meal it's kind of like oh and the first thing they'll do is probably say you've got so much willpower and control like how do you do it and um whereas that 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 kind of comment might be really helpful to that person in their eating disorder so it's really it's really tricky um and it's it is really concerning how normalized it is Mm. Yeah, I have such a distinct memory. Um, Fortunately, I've not had many comments around like willpower and stuff. But I remember when I was when I first had anorexia when I was about 15 and I was sat with my friends at lunch and um, they'd all got like the classic like dessert from school, you know, like a fairy cake with the white icing Mm, on or something. It was something like that. And I didn't have one. And my friend turned to me and was like, oh. I'm so jealous of you and I was like sorry um and she was like oh it's just you've got so much willpower like not eating things like this like I wish I had your strength and my best friend was sat next to me who had my back in everything and at this point like people like my close friendship group knew about the anorexia and she just like spun her head round and she was like she's got an eating disorder like that's the most ludicrous thing to say um Mm. and you know when someone has an eating disorder obviously that is like a crazy thing to say but even if someone's not got an eating disorder Mm. to comment on them being restrictive and being able to do that and the way that we glorify it it's such a negative way to be around food yeah I always think about this generation now at school with Instagram with social media Mm -hmm. I feel like I do feel like diet culture is much stronger for them. And I, I thought it was quite strong for my generation, but I actually mm. think it's it might be getting a bit worse. But I know there's a lot more of us non-diet kind of speakers out there uh, kind of pushing, um, pushing against it. And our mm. voice is getting stronger, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting one, I think, because I've had this sort of conversation with a few people in that, For my generation, it was very much like on the TV and in magazines and stuff like that. And there was Mm -hmm. that pressure to look a certain way. And now it's it's obviously like we don't really buy magazines anymore. And it is a lot more constant because of social media and editing Mm -hmm. and things like that. But like you said, 
there's a lot more people kind of talking about um you know accepting your body for what it is now um, and things like that so I guess just before we move on to a bit more about diets I just wanted to just in case um people aren't aware so you've said some terms so non-diet essentially helps you take away the food labels of food so if you label foods good bad healthy unhealthy we kind of help to neutralize those foods um it is generally um not weight weight focused so we don't we look at health holistically in a non-diet approach we're not just focusing on what the scales are doing um we we generally encourage people not to weigh themselves within the non-diet approach because i think people forget that health is so much more than just weight um mm. it is um it what health is so dependent and um, you could be um let's say a healthy weight to what society says healthy but also have very bad eating habits or mm. uh, bad mental health or so it's 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 holistic it's in a holistic approach away from focusing on diet i also the non-diet approach also looks at kind of joyful movement so people um instead of focusing on uh, exercise to earn food it it helps you to really understand what you get out of exercise uh, the happy hormones the um, the headspace um, rather than kind of punishing yourself with that movement mm. and also like emotional hunger uh, fullness levels um, so there's a lot of things that we can do within the non-diet approach it's it's similar to intuitive eating really if that's something that people have heard before mm. it sounds very much um I mean, I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound really obvious, but where dieting is so um, really not listening to your body, not listening to your needs, kind of following a rule book that's externally written, um, mm. that actually there is no rule book because you go from one diet to the next and they're all different. It sounds like the non-diet approach is the complete opposite of that, which makes sense because one's non and one's the kind of full version, if we're going to say that. Um, in that it's so mindful and mm. the approach is you know listening to your body in terms of what do you need right now and you know whether that's the exercise that you're going to do or the rest that you're going to give yourself or the food that you're going to provide to yourself um it sounds so much more of a kind of really getting to know you and getting to connect to yourself which sounds absolutely fantastic but if if someone has dieted for however long mm -hmm. how on earth do they then take a step back and be like okay now it's time to connect to myself because I know for me personally I have no idea about the exercise I like the foods I like that sort of thing it feels like a complete minefield that I'm almost like it feels so far away I'm like wow how do I even get there yeah and um, that is such a good question because um most people i work with have been stuck in that diet culture for so long so how mm. is it and they might have tried intuitive eating or non-diet um themselves or with a little bit of support and 
it's not worked for them. So they've kind of gone back to what they were doing before. Um, it is the hardest thing to kind of make that step into the non-diet approach because there's a lot of worries about it as well, um, mm. which we can probably discuss. Uh, but I think the main thing on kind of making that step is really reflecting on your experience of dieting um, today and reflecting on what's happened um, in terms of your weight and how much money you've spent on dieting, how much dieting has taken away from you in terms of um, socialising, uh, preoccupation of food and once you've kind of reflected and seen that really dieting hasn't served you any purpose, it is a really good kind of right, I think I need to try something new and try the non-diet approach. Um, yeah, I think uh, one one major thing that I can think of is um, the preoccupation of food um, when it comes to dieting and big events it big life events that happen in our lives and one of the biggest ones I can think of at the minute is a wedding um, mm -hmm. there's so much pressure on brides and bridesmaids during that time that the run-up to the wedding and the actual wedding day if you are stuck in that dieting kind of cycle and um, from what my clients have told me it really takes over that day and it really takes away this the kind of the special stay away from you mm -hmm. um, so yeah I think it's I think it's really good to reflect on how dieting has served you up until this point and yeah, um, yeah. maybe maybe it's time to try something new yeah I think the the whole bride and bridesmaid thing I find so upsetting and like you said it's that preoccupation um I have two friends that are like on the run-up to getting married and one of them is so preoccupied with her body and the way that she looks and dieting and I just keep trying to very nicely say to her like you're getting married because you love each other and you love each other right now like you don't need to change but she's like but it's not even about how he feels it's the the external pressure from everybody else and mm. the pictures and all of that and then I look at my other friend who she isn't on a diet or anything and she's embracing this whole kind of getting married and she's got so much more time to focus on the small details of the layout of her wedding and the little things the gifts that she's going to give and she's so excited for her wedding whereas my other friend is almost not looking forward to it because of that pressure and I think you're so right in terms of that preoccupation in that dieting and disordered eating it it massively takes over everything in your brain and you're not fully able to engage in the moment and kind of you know do the things that you want to do because there's always numbers or worries around food or how am I gonna you know meet my target today if we go out and you don't have that flexibility and I think one thing that always stands out to me is that when we talk about diets it's so sort of um prescriptive in the way it's like you know in order you know you need to do this thing and then you'll lose weight you know x y and z whatever and if it doesn't work for you it's not because it's the diet it's because it's you you don't have the willpower you couldn't stick to it all of this so it's almost like you then you feel rubbish because you don't like the way that your body looks because you've been kind of conditioned in society to hate the way that you look so you go on a diet with specific rules but then you mm -hmm. can't 
achieve the diet because nobody can because the rules and whatever are so unbelievably stupid so then you drop out feel rubbish about yourself try something else and on we go but I think that's why maybe people struggle so much to break out of diets because they're like something's got to work for me because it must have worked for somebody else because Mm -hmm. people talk about diets being so brilliant yeah but the what the evidence tells us and what isn't really talked about is that it's it's around 97 percent of diets fail um wow 97 uh, 97 but generally really that's most i would say 100 percent of diets fail because the 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 evidence that shows that people that are successful and when i say successful it's wait they've retained with the weight loss over two years so mm-hmm. really 97% of people are regaining that weight back that they've lost within that two years. After that, people that have kept that weight off, uh, there is actual evidence to show that there are higher levels of stress in those people, mm-hmm. higher levels of depression, higher level, like higher preoccupation with food and anxiety around food. And really, we've got to question ourselves, is, is that health? And that's mm. kind of what what we kind of look at in the non-diet world. We kind of give you that information and let you realise that health is more than just dieting, restriction. Um, dieting puts your body into a kind of a stress mode um, long term. And if you're kind of a chronic dieter or you've yo-yo dieted, your body your body's in a constant state of stress. Um, and again, is that healthy? Is is that what you would say health is? Because mm. to me, that is not health. Um, nourishing your body, having flexibility with food, enjoying food and enjoying social situations is a much more better picture than health of health than kind of restriction and being really preoccupied with food. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about dieting, I'm not saying that this should be somebody's goal, but the the goal of a diet predominantly is to lose weight and stressful situations tend to be when the opposite happens. So it's almost the long-term impact of the diet when you're trying to lose weight actually is having the complete opposite effect, which then draws you back in and diet culture makes more money out of you, um, yeah. which is... It's a cycle for people and... The clients that come to me have been through it, going through it for years uh, since they were in their, well, some people have started their diets as young as 10 and 11 um, that I work with and they're in their 30s, 40s and they're, they're stuck. They feel like it's, they blame themselves for so long that why doesn't anything work for me? And like you said, they see people uh, promoting diets that work for them and, and you always get pulled into, I'll have one last go, I'll have one last diet, I'll, I'll have one last time, and um, that's diet culture for you. That's the marketing that it does. It kind of drags you in for that one last time all mm. the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you mentioned um, there yo-yo dieting. Mm-hmm. So what is that kind of the, like, you know, going back and forth, or what does that mean for yeah. people that haven't heard yes. of that before? 
So it's essentially called weight cycling, uh, but for sure, um, but people might know it as uh, yo-yo dieting. And it's essentially when you kind of go from one diet to the next and your mm. weight kind of fluctuates with that. Um, so it kind of goes up and down, up and down. Um, and again, there's a lot of evidence to show that that kind of weight cycling where your weight is going up and then, um, and then you go on a diet and you lose weight and then you go back up. Uh, when you stop and then you try the next diet there's a lot of evidence to say that that actually causes a lot of damage to your health it, mm. it increases your risk of weight gain um so you're more because it because what happens is it slows your metabolism down when you're going on these diets and once you stop you're more likely to put that weight back on plus more which is what we see in the yo-yoing and also that kind of again it's all linked to the stress but the stress to the body can it can actually increase things like uh, diabetes type 2 diabetes and um, some cancers bone health poor bone health as well um, and people again it's not talked about because we're just no. told that these diets are meant to uh, make us more healthy but actually the stress on the body and the constant going up and down in weight is is not is not helping at all it's not it's not good it's so interesting how the media is very much like everyone needs to go on a diet because of all the health conditions associated with you know being in a larger body and then actually the diets that they're suggesting cause the same issues because there's no you know I don't know I don't agree with the fact that, you know, being in a larger body necessarily leads to all the health conditions that they're suggesting in the slightest. Um, but absolutely, these short term solutions will not. If they were to provide long term solutions and behavioural changes, so people actually understood what a healthy lifestyle was, which, you know, can occur at any size, that would be so much more beneficial but we're such a society of short-term quick fixes we don't actually want to think about you know putting in the hard work not mm -hmm. I'm not saying the people I'm saying the people that give the advice uh the diet advice they don't want the long-term stuff because it's not glamorous it's not sexy and that and dieting is sexy well it's not it's the complete opposite of sexy when you actually diet but yeah no <laughs> Uh, you definitely I think I think it's more sexy to have that flexibility and enjoy mm -hmm. food for sure <laughs> yeah 100 percent um so just I guess thinking about the consequences of dieting could you talk to us a bit more about maybe the mental and the physical um side effects of dieting especially like the yo-yo dieting up and down yeah so we know that dieting and restricting food can make us more obsessed with and uh, more obsessed with food and especially that preoccupation preoccupa preoccupation of food um, and generally I what I tell my clients is you always binge on the foods you restrict because often the foods that you're restricting are the things that you're thinking about because you put that food in a box you can't eat it use words like really judgmental words like can't shouldn't eat it and then when you that's all you can think about the brain's really clever clever if you are restricting something it will think about it <laughs> and um i hope that kind of resonates with some listeners because it's often i know that i experienced it when i was kind of stuck and disordered eating 
and I know that clients do they really resonate with that but yeah so the obsessive obsessed obsessed with food and the preoccupation um but then as I said dieting and restricting calories um often leads to reduced metabolism Um, and we're often told that you should uh, I don't know uh, one of the things I can think of is have a coffee in the morning instead of food to kind of get your metabolism going um but that that actually slows down your metabolism your body wants food your body wants fuel in the morning and coffee doesn't give you fuel uh you you need carbohydrates you need proteins you need fats um to get that metabolism going and the reduction in metabolism is quite a lot it's around 40 percent which is why weight regain with dieting is so common uh, because of that metabolism drop um long-term restriction can lead to things like brittle nails uh, loss of hair or really thinning of hair um, also it can affect fertility problems a loss of period um so long term it can do a lot of damage to someone um and yeah it's really difficult if you are at that stage because you know that it's not it's not making you healthy uh, but then you also kind of really preoccupied and obsessed with really minimizing that intake mm. yeah I, I think often it's um it's like you said feeling really lost as to like what on earth am I supposed to do because you know I feel as though in the society that we live in nowadays I need to lose weight and I should lose weight but nothing that I'm doing is working Mm. um and I think that can be such a difficult place to be because if you see other people losing weight you think how come they're doing it and I'm not able to um but I think like you said it's really important to think about the impact that it's having on you in terms of you know socially psychologically physically everything because diets do massively take over and I think often you know you can feel maybe like at the start that things are going well and it's just subtle the way that it's impacting your life but then when it starts to like those rose tinted glasses start to come down a bit it actually becomes your life um you know if I think about the um, I know we're focusing a lot on women in this podcast. I know that it's not just women that diet. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that's sort of the clients that you work with. But if I think mm-hmm. of the the women that I know, um, particularly those of like my mum's age, mm-hmm. all of them are yo-yo or have been yo-yo dieters. And it's funny because now they have almost re- reached an age where they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to diet. But then now all of their children are still like, Hmm. am I supposed to diet should I not like and it passes on through those generations as well yeah it does massively pass on generations and I think the most recent um studies found that children as young as like five or six are expressing signs that they want to lose weight or they want to diet and that's just that's just shocking for me I just it it makes me sad um, I know there's again a lot of people out there kind of shouting about um, raising embodied and um, intuitive eaters that's 
sort of thing um, as well because of these kind of shocking statistics. <laughs> yeah, wow. That is really sad to think that, you know, it, it just shows how prevalent and prominent diets are um and the way that we sort of talk to ourselves about our bodies is if if children as young as five are picking up on that that yeah that feels really sad yeah i and even in my experience i grew up with them my mom was a weight watchers coach which again is probably <sighs> another reason why i'm i'm here now like um that's just my experience um, and when I was about six, seven, I used to go to the meetings with her more because she needed to look after me. Um, but me being around people coming every week, getting weighed. My nan was also one of the people that used to come. So I had a generation, I had generations of uh, women in my family, uh, always constantly looking to lose weight. Yeah. And um, my mom was even in, you know, like a, transformation magazine their article um like showing a picture of her at a wedding and her now and like the weight loss and um and again that's not really something that I don't think I've only started to really think about recently that that was probably mm. a big a big diet culture kind of I don't know what to call it like prevalence in my mm. life yeah it's really interesting you say that I mean this is also sad but I haven't really thought about this my mum um before she got married she did Weight Watchers as well and we lived off Weight Watcher meals you know the horrific microwave meals that oh my god now I think back they're literally like <laughs> water they were so bad um and my mum was a gold member because she had lost so much weight. So mm. she'd come in and she was like the most popular girl at Weight Watchers because of the weight that she'd lost. And I remember standing in the queue with her and like people would stand, you know, you're queuing to stand on the scales and be told mm. if you if you'd done well that week, if you'd been good enough that week or, you know, had you been naughty and what yeah. have you. And just all of the language around it. And you think, oh, my God, why on earth were you there? Why did you take your child there? And obviously, I'm not blaming my mum in the slightest because that's that's all that she knew and that's all that she thought was right. And that's why I think it's so nice to have people like yourselves you know, with the non-diet approach, talking about it and being like, you know, there is other options and actually mm -hmm. you do not need to put yourself through this. No, uh, you definitely don't need to put yourself through this. But yeah, it's, it, you just made me think of when people, I just had that picture of when people are queuing and they're openly talking about like, oh, I bet this this weekend, I've not been good. Um, so I've probably put on weight and but yeah, being around that kind of, talk definitely has led me to here uh, to where I am now mm -hmm. and definitely not blaming the mums out there because yeah um my mom needed childcare and needed to earn money mm -hmm. so it's it's what they yeah. needed to do most of the time yeah yeah I want to come on on to you know if somebody is thinking about stepping away from dieting because I think often there's there's a fear of losing control with food or kind of you know gaining lots of weight or just everything being so up in the air that you can't kind of hold on to anything um and I know that you said you had personal experience with stepping away from dieting so I guess from that and also the clients that you've worked with like how do you work with people when you're 
helping them to move away from diet and to to navigate those fears and also if they do arise like to to navigate those situations so i mean the first thing in in what i do is kind of stepping away from that diet culture so what what can we do in your life that kind of minimizes that diet culture because it's it's gonna still be everywhere and Mm. just and even when you're it's funny because when you're starting to learn about diet culture it actually props up more you actually realize that oh they talk they talk about it at work all the time they're always talking about what diet they're on family parties tv um, and signs in gyms like it is everywhere and and I think when you start realizing how prominent diet culture is you actually see it even more (laughs) Mm. if that makes sense so we need to work on minimizing the amount of exposure you get to diet culture so initially I might uh, do a bit of education around diet culture um, like what we've talked about today like statistics like uh, how it how it doesn't work and what actually the consequences of dieting um so some things that are really helpful are like unfollowing accounts that might trigger you to start restricting food on social media because that is a kind of prominent diet culture at the minute if any account makes you feel rubbish about yourself i always recommend just unfollowing them i think it's not helpful and there is people out there to follow so always look for uh, non-diet um, weight inclusive and kind of intuitive eating accounts they're safer and um, they'll give you kind of the information you need to kind of step out of that diet culture and mm. um, I also think getting rid of things like diet tracking apps um, weighing scales uh, in the in the bathroom I, I know I grew up with always having scales in the bathroom that was just kind of a, a 90s thing I think um but it's time to maybe not use them or not even have them there to even mm. tempt kind of jumping on them and even dieting books and magazines um I think yeah I, I know my mom has um probably still got her Weight Watchers books on the shelf somewhere um so if they're kind of around you want to be kind of looking at kind of decluttering that kind of diet Mm. culture Um, then the next step is kind of making sure that you're eating enough food and I call it ending restriction because often the clients I work with are in a constant uh, restriction Um, and again I was talking about this this morning actually how diet culture distorts us in thinking and in actually knowing what what is the appropriate portion? What is appropriate? How much should I actually be eating? We actually don't know because you've been so distorted by diet culture. Mm-hmm. And um, so initially we need to make sure you are eating enough food for the body to function and to thrive. So you're not real. So good signs that you're eating enough food is you're eating regularly. So you're eating at least breakfast, lunch and dinner, maybe some snacks in between. Um, but you're not preoccupied about food um your uh, you've got energy you're sleeping well these are all good signs that you are eating enough food so we need to get to that point before we can then move on to kind of neutralizing foods and working on food rules uh working on breaking food rules 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think I really liked what you said there about how diet culture um, really like plays with your head about what is enough. Um, and because I I did a podcast a few days ago and, and we were talking about recovery and, and Marcus said, oh, you know, you need to make sure that you're eating enough. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? Like that's such a, you know, that such is like, whoa, I've got no idea what is enough. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that can often be hard to explore in recovery because your brain is like, oh, well, that's way too much. And, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, you might be thinking that you're eating three meals a day. But they might be really small meals. You might be mm. cutting out food groups. You might be um, avoiding certain foods so these are all things like we want to work on and making sure that you're getting all the food groups and you're eating regularly um, is really important yeah absolutely yeah I think that's an important thing as well like you can often think oh I'm not restricting because I'm eating enough but what types of foods what food groups are you eating yeah. really exploring that as well type of restriction is mental restriction mm. so you could be physically eating enough food but in your head you're thinking I shouldn't be eating this like this is gonna make me gain weight or having those kind of fears yeah. um, and that again is whatever you're thinking in your brain is telling your body and it's another mm. type of restriction that's putting your body in, a, in that stress mode again um, yeah. so yeah there's different types of restriction um there's physical and there's mental so we need to mm. consider both of them working on those kind of um I've mentioned it but working on those and uh, that language that you're saying to yourself using words like can't can mm. shouldn't sh should um can really lead you to feeling a lot of guilt around food when you eat it yeah yeah it was interesting the day I don't know whether you saw it I put a reel on um Instagram and like it was basically saying that I was super tired um and I had a podcast recorded but I just didn't think that it was going to be very good because I was so tired and I deserved to go home and sit on the sofa and I was like wait no I don't have to like deserve it I don't have to earn it and then I was like I should go no I can't and I was like having the thing and I was like I just don't know what word to use <laughs> Just that you're doing it. You don't need to yeah, justify yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I guess to sort of round us off, um, thinking about dieting on a really positive note, I'm sure people have probably listened to this and thought, okay, yeah, I feel ready, but I just need a bit more motivation. So what would you say the main things are that you've gained from stepping away from dieting? Yeah, that's a really good one. Personally, I, I mean, I can speak personally about this at the minute, but um, I've gained a lot and really, I have to really think about it and, and I think about it in the moment. And um, one one example, I went on holiday this weekend. I went to Ch uh, Chile, Santiago, um, and I didn't feel the need to diet before I went on holiday. And I think... That was one thing that I've thought about recently. Uh, I've also got a wedding coming up where I'm a bridesmaid and I'm not mm -hmm. uh, I'm not thinking, I'm not having thoughts that I need to change my body or look a certain way. I'm not saying that I haven't thought about it. it. They definitely came into my brain. I thought about it and I noticed it and I was able to kind of be like, no, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it. And one thing that I did notice with the holiday 
uh, not dieting beforehand. I actually enjoyed food a lot more and I didn't actually eat as much as I probably used to when I used to diet mm. before I went on holiday. And um, when I used to diet before going on holiday, I probably would have, I probably did eat a lot more uh, regularly and I ate a lot more of um, I w- wasn't really thinking of my choices. I was just going for like the things that I'd been restricting all that time. And um, whereas this time I was able to just enjoy food before mm-hmm. and uh, during and after, like there's been no kind of restriction around it, which I think is really nice. And I think definitely this time of year, it's um, some coming up to summer in the UK, isn't it? And it's that time of year where people are kind of like, oh, quick fixes before going on holiday uh, a mm-hmm. two-week juice diet or um which is just honestly will just make you so more preoccupied about food and you'll have that kind of sense of loss of control when it when you are on holiday mm-hmm. um I think that that's a really big thing for me and yeah, yeah not dieting before the wedding that I've got in May is really nice actually <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. I think that's such a a lovely reflection to feel like, you know, I don't need to diet before I go on holiday. And I think when you do diet before you go on holiday, one of two things happens. And I think this probably depends on your personality type, but it one is either you get then get on holiday and you're like, well, I can't kind of ruin all this work now so I'm still not going to eat anything and then you're still restricting and you have a crap holiday because you're just minimizing what you can eat or you then think okay well now we'll have the blowout because we're now Mm. on holiday and like you said you then eat so much more maybe eat things that you don't even want because you're just Mm. like I can finally have this now and this feels great um so actually maintaining consistency throughout you know before the holiday during the holiday and just you know embracing food for what you want but almost for me now my goal in my recovery is not to be able to go on holiday and just eat whatever I want. It's to go on holiday and not care about what I'm eating. You know, if I'm going to a different culture, then yeah, embrace the different foods that they've gotten, but embrace them for because of the cultural aspect rather than kind of, you know, the food that it is, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and being able to go and kind of just be in the moment with the people that I'm with and, and really enjoy myself. That is what feels important to me rather than like, oh, I can have X food now because I'm not restricting anymore yeah and, and and like you said it's you're more in the moment with it and um it's all about making memories isn't it it's the memories you make with the people that you're with rather than being mm-hmm. uh with the food and um worrying about what it's going to do to your body when you get home and, yeah. and and again another type of restriction is that kind of planning restriction where you come mm-hmm. home from holiday or maybe it's the weekend if a lot of the time people are in like a week uh, restriction weekend binge kind of cycle um, and then Monday they're starting again or after the holiday they're starting again and again that's another type of restriction you're kind of impending mm-hmm. that restriction on on yourself on your body which again is just going to put yourself in stress mode another big thing that I think diet like coming away from dieting has really helped me with is my my relationship with exercise and I used to kind of say to myself I need to work out five times a week at least I need to um I need to do this I need to do that basically and I no longer kind of exercise to 
earn food or I exercise when I want I kind of listen to my body and I'm still working on it but rest for me is really difficult like not going to the gym and I mean I, I like definitely don't do it five times anymore I definitely rest more um but some days when I'm resting I do have that kind of thought um that guilt what like I should really go to the mm -hmm. gym or I should really rest but I'm kind of like again noticing those thoughts they're always once you stop dieting you'll notice these thoughts will come into your head but it's what you do with it it's recognizing it it's uh, and then maybe the reframing it um rest is good for me rest is also mm -hmm. really important and I think stepping away from diet culture has definitely helped with my relationship with exercise as well yeah yeah I think it's just not having that pressure is it and those arbitrary rules and and like you said really checking in with yourself like okay if you do want to go to the gym today and you actually want to go because you want to move your body then amazing that's really great but you know what's your intentions behind that is it so that you can allow yourself to eat or so that you can lose weight or because you're feeling out of control um I think that's really important knowing your intentions yeah intentions are really important um yeah definitely yeah well thank you so much um I think we have clearly decided that dieting is not the best approach mm -hmm. uh, and should go in the bin so where can people find out more about you to hear about all your non-dieting work that you're doing yeah so I'm mainly on Instagram as the dot binge dot dietitian um but you can also find my website which is the binge dietitian.com um, and yeah, I have uh, some freebies going if, if you need a bit of support in kind of stepping away from that non-diet, um, stepping away from diet culture. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tony. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed listening today, you won't want to miss next week's episode. So be sure to subscribe. Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support or talk to someone you trust.